as the world churns is better than a soap opera. It's the customer success podcast that will help you avoid all that ridiculous churn melodrama, where every episode is less than 20 minutes. Brought to you by User IQ, which is creating a world where any business can deliver exceptional customer success. I'm your host, Justin Rubner. Let's go. Many hands make light work. Them are the words of 16th century poet and playwright John Haywood. He's probably talking about farming, but he could have been talking about why sales and customer success teams working together better leads to less churn. This also just so happens to be one of Marcus Wrench's favorite topics. Marcus is CEO of CS Consultancy Remarkable. He's an active speaker and opiner on all things CS. He loves solving CS problems. Listen on friends to see how his real world experience can help improve your CS sales problems. All right, so we're talking about creating better CS sales alliances for better success. And uh, Marcus, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you here. Thanks for having me, Justin. You bet. So first off, you're in Austria. I would love to know if you see any big differences between sales and CS teams, the way they operate there versus the way they operate in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. So while the United States are yeah, the, the leading market uh, for SaaS companies here in Austria, yeah, the SaaS industry is quite underdeveloped. Rarely any SaaS companies at all you will find here. And also when you when you talk about customer success, you see we'll see that they are yeah trying to do the basics right. Mm-hmm. It feels like the United States are like two steps ahead in, in terms of, of customer success and how to best approach it. What's the big struggle that SaaS companies face there that perhaps they haven't figured out? I think it's mostly a cultural problem here. And yeah, probably also um, the funding. Funding, lack of funding. Because we we don't have any large uh, venture capital firms here. So in Europe, it's better to start your company in Germany or the UK. Right. So I know of of Austrian uh, SaaS founders that really went to Germany just to found the business over there. So sure. we went to Berlin instead of Vienna. Yeah, it's, it's quite sad, but yeah. <laughs> and, you know, even it, here in the United States, we have a big congregation of venture capital and, and tech companies uh, on the West Coast. And sometimes other parts of our country have trouble finding funding, like here in the Southeast uh, and such. So I can imagine it's, it's very similar in Europe. What are some of the biggest problems, Marcus, that you see during the sales customer success handoff? Yeah, so um, let's start with uh, the bigger picture. So in, from my point of view, the alignment among the various teams in SaaS companies, yeah, it's mostly non-existent. So it literally looks like every team is trying to optimize for themselves and chase their, their own goals. So they really don't care much about the other teams and, and the inputs they will get from them. So a certain struggle I see is that really sales teams, they, they don't really care much about the handoff to customer success. They basically say, okay, we are busy with selling. We don't have the time for doing this. And the CS teams, of course, they, they need the information. They beg for it. They, they really chase the sales teams all around. But the thing is that when both teams work together, they can really make a lot of magic happen mm. because they are really neighbors in the customer success journey. They really have a relationship that's, yeah, that, that goes both ways. We are always talking in, in, in SAS about the famous handoff, but there's so much more they can do together. So for one thing is 
in customer success, you want to work with great customers. So you can report back, okay, these customers turned out to be great and you report it back to sales. And they can say, okay, these are customers that make sense to acquire more of. So basically improving your ideal customer profiles is one option. And also the sales team will benefit because when they talk to the right customers, they will increase the conversion rate. What we see in sales is usually sales teams, they, they get all kinds of leads. They get really chunk leads and they get great leads. And your conversion rates really depend on how much time you spend with each of the segments. But the problem is, if you don't look after the sale, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You can have a customer and say, okay, well, we, we've, we just signed a great enterprise customer. But the customer is really demanding and needs all the time from three different CSMs and also needs three support reps. So they're really hogging up all your resources. And what looks like a great customer in the beginning turns out to be a nightmare. But only if you report this information back, you can improve these things. That's a good point, Marcus. So I'm sure you would agree that a CS team shouldn't be asking the customer basic questions when they first get them during the onboarding or discovery process. They should know some basic things. What kind of knowledge transfer should happen during this process to make sure that the CS team you know, has all the ammunition that they need to properly onboard the new customer? So the most important thing is obviously to understand the customer's goal. There is this malpractice in some companies where it's the customer success manager's job to do the basic discovery, but that's all wrong. Mm-hmm. Because what happens when CSMs talk with the customer about their goals and they discover, okay, we can deliver what these customers want. So you basically acquired churn. It's really like this. You acquired a customer, you can serve well. And if the customers do not get enough value, they will churn. It's, it's the logical consequence. So you really need to understand the customer's goal. That, that's very important. What's also important to know is uh, the other end. So you know where customers want to go, but you also need to understand where customers start. So because your job in customer success is to bridge the gap, the gap between today and the future, from bad to great. That's your mission. So you need to understand, okay, what skills and knowledge does the customer possess? Have the prior experience with a comparable product? Do they have the resources it takes to operate the product? And the sales team should be answering these questions, in your opinion? Yes, as good as possible. Mm-hmm. So to me, customer success teams, they should have a start, of starting a basic information, and then ask specific questions. So like they ask, what do you need to do first, instead of what do you need to achieve? So because that's important for the onboarding. The goal of the customer onboarding to me is to deliver customers uh, quick wins. Why? To verify the purchase decision. Because the goal they want to achieve, it might be one year or five years away, but they, they certainly won't wait, uh, they won't wait one year long. or five years Sure. Exactly to, to validate your product. So you give them a taste of how the future could be if they continue to put the effort into your product. Does the success plan start in the sales process? Is it recommended that the sales team start the success plan document right there and then hand that off to the CS team to finish? Or do you think that starts uh, at the onboarding discovery process with the CS team? So it depends really on the knowledge of the sales team. The main sales teams that really have all these insights about the customer success journey, 
that will follow. So they could work out this plan. But more realistically, it's it's done by the onboarding team if there is a specific one or the customer success manager. Mm-hmm. Because they know the specifics and they have the experience of taking customers from today to the future. Okay. All right. Great. All right. So until otherwise noted, many customers are going to see, in my view, at least, are, are going to see the CSM or the CS team, the onboarding team, whatever, as an extension of the sales team. What have you seen customer success teams doing to ensure that the customer sees them as a strategic advisor and not a salesperson? So the most important thing is to, if customers don't understand yet, is to clearly define what's the purpose of your, your, your job to the customer. So you really need to tell the customer, okay, I'm here to take you from where you are now to where you want to go. And I will help you with specific services, with education, training, consulting, whatever you need. So that's really important to clearly define what's part of your job and what isn't. It also happens that, yeah, confuse customer success with customer support. Sure. But it's also important to set the borders here as well and say, okay, this is what customer support does. And that's what we do in customer success do. Okay, great. So let's get down to nitty gritty here. How should a customer success team be involved before the sales, at the top of the funnel, so to speak, before the sale happens? Keeping in mind, obviously, we have different structures. You know, We have some CS teams maybe with 10 customers, others with hundreds. How in general should a success team be involved uh, before the sale? And should they be involved with all customers or is it just certain types? Yeah, so it's highly uneconomical to be involved with small accounts. So if we have customers to pay like 50 or 100 bucks a month, so it's, it's really customer success managers should not really be involved because the customer success strategy behind this customer segment is usually um, tech touch. Mm-hmm. So highly automated and, and you don't have these close relationships with the customers. But for larger account, it absolutely makes sense to bring the CSM already in the sales process. Why? For uh, One reason is to prevent signing up churn because uh, the customer success manager managers, they understand the customers and they understand what are red flags to look out for. So that's one point. And the second point, which is arguably more uh, important, is CSMs can help sales teams to increase the conversion rates. Yeah. Why? Because they can already talk to customers. And they can already suggest um, solutions for the customer problems. So it's really a a great spot to make a a great first impression. So if the first impression is highly important. So that's also um, what I've said about onboarding. Deliver quick wins to give customers a great first impression. You can deliver the first impression much earlier in the process. Okay, they really know what they're doing and you really care about. That's what may convince them to buy the product. Or the difference between yes and no. I agree 100%. Do you ever see rare instances maybe where the CS team getting involved with the sales process could hamper the sales process? Maybe they're a little too pragmatic, for example, uh, where the sales teams is you know trying to sell the potential and the CS team may be a little uh, overly honest. Honesty pays off because there's nothing worse than overselling the product. Sure. If you're overselling a product and customers feel tricked into buying, it's a really a big blow for your company's reputation. 
It's much bigger than the immediate sale, your long-term reputation. Yeah, exactly. And yes, the customer, they will join anyways. If as soon as they find out, okay, that's not where I will get what I want. And they made false promises to me. What about the other way around, Marcus? What about the sales team? You know, obviously every instance is different. How should they be involved post-sales? Should they be involved? And should there be kind of like a, a natural and gradual handoff or should it just be like, boom, they're done? Yeah, so basically in my point of view, as soon as the, the sale is closed, the customer service managers take over. Mm. But the important thing is, and the, the important role for sales teams to me in SaaS is they need to bring the right customers. That's really, really important. Not only because of churn, but also because customer success managers, they will also waste a lot of time trying to prevent churn that may not be preventable. So if you have a bad fit customer, there's nothing CSMs can do to change these customers, but they will try and try until they find out, okay, it's never going to happen. And the even bigger problem is while CSMs are busy trying to prevent churn from bad fit customers that should have never been acquired in the first place, they miss out on growing their great fit customers. Absolutely. It's exponential. Because they can obviously spend less time with those. That's a really interesting point. So basically what you're saying is the sales team needs to have the discipline to focus on the ICP. Yes. Any recommendations on how the CS team can encourage this when sales teams are obviously given benefits from selling as much as possible? What are some ways that the CS team can ensure that the sales team is focusing on the ICP? The CS team can't. That's the problem. It starts really top down. So if the company sets the, the wrong incentives and pays high commissions for short-term results, you will drive that behavior. But if you, let's say, increase the commissions per year, customers stay. So if they stay, let's say, two years, three years, they will earn a higher commission than in the first year. Mm-hmm. Then you can change that kind of behavior. But it really needs to, needs to start top-down because customer success managers, yeah, they already can try to... yeah influence the customer success teams and then appeal on their yeah, voluntarily um, cooperation. But they have no way to yeah, really persuade them if they have different incentives. Okay. That's really good advice. All right. Bottom line, Marcus, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to teams that are trying to improve their customer success sales relationship, the alliance? What's the number one thing that you would recommend? The number one thing I would recommend is to meet up and discuss things and work out, okay, so that everybody will benefit. So you really need to bring the benefits for both teams on the table. So it should never be a one-way street. As I've said before, CS teams can bring the benefit and then tell us, okay, we can help you to find the right customers because then you will increase your conversion rates because you get the customers that really need the product. And in the other direction, customer success managers will benefit from getting these great fit customers. So it's Literally a win-win situation, but both teams need to talk about this and yeah, everybody needs to see what's in for them. Mm-hmm. So just better communication. Yes. Yeah. All right. So you're the second international person, i.e. outside the United States that we've had on here. And I am curious, do you have access to American television and, and movies there? You watch American TV? No. You don't? Okay. No. Do you watch American movies? Yeah, of course. I'm watching yeah. Netflix and all kinds of stuff. Okay. But yeah, I don't have any satellite TV or something. I don't want to be presumptive. All right. So 
uh, we ask this line of questions to every one of our guests. And so I'm not going to ask you the soap opera question because you don't watch TV, but what is the one popular movie that you have never seen that someone would be shocked at? Probably Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, no, you've never seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That's got to change. <laughs> That's, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Are people like, how come you haven't seen this, Marcus? Yeah, I don't, really don't like the movies from Quentin Tarantino, so. Okay. You either probably love him or hate him. He definitely has a, a unique style, but uh, I could see that. It's violent, et cetera. <laughs> that is really interesting. Okay. You know, I got one Quentin Tarantino movie that you may actually like. It's not a typical movie. It's his best one, in my opinion. Uh, I'm really into movies. And it's Inglorious Bastards. Have you ever heard of this one? Yeah. It's not like one of his typical movies. It, it really is, in my opinion, a, his masterpiece. And the acting uh, in that, you know, obviously a revisionist history of World War II, the guy who plays the Nazi is uh, absolutely incredible. So, you know, if you don't like any of his other movies, you might want to give that one a, a shot sometime. Okay. I've actually seen it from dusk till dawn. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, it's it's been so overly brutal. So I really... <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, Marcus, I really, really appreciate you being on the show. And I'm sure we will stay in touch. I always enjoy looking at your LinkedIn posts. Thank you. And thanks for having me. All right. Absolutely. Like what you heard? Subscribe to As The World Churns on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. See you next time.